You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Happy Monday to you. It's me, Jason McIntyre, and Jeff Schwartz, former NFL offensive lineman, filling in for Dan Patrick and company. Ah, Jeff, it was a phenomenal week 16 in the NFL, though you could pretty much say that every Monday morning, right? You can, but there are some weekends where the games just aren't as good. But that wasn't the case this past weekend. And the playoff implication, there were 20, Jason, there were 27 teams that still had a chance to make the playoffs entering this weekend. And there's about 28 of those in the AFC right now. Like It, it is a fun time to watch the NFL. Yeah, man. Uh, Jeff, so many places to start. We could start with Dallas. And the Super Bowl-bound Dallas Cowboys, I mean, Dak Prescott is back. Jeff, the one awesome thing about the NFL that almost every week happens, you know, you feel like you have a good read on a team and they're really struggling and they can't do this, that, and the other, and then boom, they turn it around. Josh Allen, of course, and (laughs) Dak Prescott, of course. But how about this one, Jeff? Matt Stafford and the Rams are rolling. They go into Minnesota, it's like, well, Stafford, they got it figured out, Rams looking good, and... I mean, did you watch Stafford throw three picks? Arguably his worst game of the season. Jeff, two of them deep in his own end. Uh, There's some teams, we're we're 16 weeks into the season, I still can't figure them out. This is why people do not like me on social media, at Jeff Schwartz. (laughs) I I mean, people do like me, but the reason why is because I tend to look at things from a big picture, right? So one weekend, one game typically doesn't change the way I feel about a team. Example, Dallas, right? Yes, They played much better, but they played a Washington team that was fighting on the sidelines with each other, right? Like, I need a couple more weeks of this, Dallas. I need a few more weeks of this, right? Matt Stafford, he's the same guy he's always been. Yes, they're playing better football lately. They've won four in a row, but who have they beaten? Seattle, Minnesota, Jacksonville. Like, okay, I I get it. You've won some games. You've won some games, but Stafford continues to make these errors, right? So what's going to change when the games matter more? Is Stafford just not going to make these errors when the games matter more? Probably not likely, right? So for the Cowboys, getting back to them, I was I had high hopes on them this season. They come out fast. They look good. Dak hurts his calf. And ever since then, he's not been as good. He played better yesterday. It's a very good time. Their defense, when healthy, is outstanding. They rush the passer, and they force turnovers. They are a defense coupled with a good offense, they can they can get to the Super Bowl. No no doubt about it. Now they have the Cardinals, who are just leaking oil right now, oh, and finish geez. with the Eagles. So if I see them, especially this weekend against Arizona, whose defense is still good. Offensively, they're a wreck. But if Dallas does this again this weekend, then I would feel more comfortable. Because then probably week 18, they're probably going to rest. There's no reason to play the Eagles in that game when you have a playoff game the following week. So, yes, the Dallas did the right thing. They, they blew out a bad team. That's one thing, too, Jason. Look, we, people will always say, oh, they blew out a bad team. Well, that's what good teams do, right? Yeah. They, they blow out bad teams. And Dallas took a two-mile step. There were 25 minutes left in that game. And I looked, I looked at my clock, and I was like, wow, it's 41-7. to There's still 25 minutes. Like they, they dominated the entire yeah. game, blocked a punt in the second half as well. So Dallas did what they had to do. It's a good sign to see that offense look more familiar. Yeah, nice flex by Kellen Moore, right? Hey, guys, I'm going to throw a touchdown pass to a running back, a tight end, a receiver, oh, and an offensive lineman. Just to show you guys I still am in my bag. I don't know, Jeff. Kellen Moore looks like he's ready to be a head coach. (laughs) Just based on what he's done now, where it gets interesting is Jerry Jones loves him and does not want to lose him. 
McCarthy has been solid this year. But uh, I do want to talk about that Redskin, uh, sorry, Washington football team fight on the sidelines. So, Jeff, I grew up in the D.C. area. I was born in New York. That's why I'm a Jets fan. I know you guys love I'm the sorry. Jets. Yeah. But I grew up in the D.C. area, and the Washington at the time, Redskins, were everybody's favorite team. And everybody would go around singing uh, Hail to the Redskins. It was, it, you know, Washington was the team. But, Jeff, I've never been one of those guys to follow the crowd. And I've always said, like, oh, uh, you know, cargo shorts are in. Well, screw cargo shorts. I want nothing to do with them. <laughs> so I just was like, no thank you to Washington. And I'd never liked them. But, of course, you know, now they have a crappy owner and nobody likes them, not even the local fans. But those two guys, the former Alabama teammates, Payne and Allen, going at it on the sideline. I got to say, listen, I've, I've worked in TV out here in L.A. for six years. I've seen teammates nearly go to bullos, but never an actual punch thrown. Jeff, you ever see anything like that in all your time in the NFL on the sidelines or in a locker room? Uh, I've seen, well, I, I was in 2008 as a rookie. Steve Smith, uh, got in a, a fight in training camp. Uh, oh. with, uh, yeah. Now I was a rookie, so I don't remember much of that. Because was that when, when he broke the guy's face in the film yeah. room? No, it was on practice field. Oh, practice field. Um, okay. And like, you know, you, you're just, um, as a rookie, your head's just in the sand. I don't remember nothing, but it happened. Look, we've had guys and coaches get into it before. I've seen players and coaches not throw punches, but you know, yell and scream at each other. Um, it was just two guys. I'm, I'm, I'm sure that, that that they are friendly. Obviously, they they play together. They're Alabama grads. Um, it did feel like something had boiled over to that moment. And look, if you put your finger in someone's face like that and on their temple on their head, you're gonna get swung at. And it just it's it's two grown men talking things out on a football field. Emotions are always high. It's why I dislike taunting penalties. Um, and they'll be fine. They'll be fine. Yeah, I don't know about this year, though. But listen, remember how, you know, again, with the NFL and the overreactions, Washington had like a good three or four week run after Chase Young went down. And they were like, well, this defense is better without Chase Young, kind of. And now here they are giving up 56 to Dallas, although it was a short week for Washington. And that's that's not a good excuse. They're fighting on the sideline. Like, I mean, that that was as ugly as it's gotten. And uh, I don't know, Ron Rivera, you think he survives? I I think it's not too early to start Uh, about start talking about coaches and the hot seat. Ron Rivera, you're saying is good. He's good. Now, remember, the NFL changed the rules. Today is the first day teams without coaches can start interviewing coaches. They changed that rule now to allow coordinators really love playoff teams to start getting interviewed. So if you are. The Raiders, if you're Jacksonville, you can get a start on your interviews of active coaches today. Um, and so that might change what we see with kind of a Black Monday. Maybe Matt Nagy is, is on. Now they won yesterday, probably not going anywhere. But, you know, there was an opportunity for some for some coaches to uh, to to get, get the axe yesterday or today. Um, no, Rivera is safe. He's totally safe. They have to figure out quarterback, right? And this is the thing about the NFL is no matter how good your team is playing at a certain point in the season, and there's ups and downs. It's an 18-week season now, obviously. It comes down to quarterback play, right? And when you handicap the rest of the season, it's can you win with X quarterback in the playoffs? And Tyler Heineke, for as good as he played this year, for the story that he is, he's never going to be good enough. And it's just the way the NFL is. I was never good enough to be a pro bowler, right? It's just the way the NFL is. You have a talent. Your talent gets capped somewhere. And he's just good. He's a good backup, right? Like, he's the guy you want if, if, if your quarterback's out for two or three weeks. You put him in the game. He runs. He makes enough good throws. He does enough good things. Great. But, like... 
He's not a starting quarterback for your team if you want to have serious playoff aspirations. Washington has to find a quarterback, whether that is in the draft, which is not the great year for that, Jason, whether it's free agency, which again is hard to find a quarterback in free agency, whether it's trading for Deshaun Watson, whether it's trading for another quarterback. That's that's why Rivera will keep his job, but also they have to find a quarterback. Yeah, that's the problem. Like it, it, easier said than done, right? Like um, of course it is. Matt Rule in Carolina, we're your neck of the woods. Matt Rule, who we'll talk about his Jay-Z quote in a moment, which I, I kind of love. Um, but, you know, Matt Rule had Teddy Bridgewater last year. And Bridgewater, you know, the wheels fell off. He's very limited uh, late in the season. And now here he is struggling with, uh, you know, the shell of Cam Newton that he once was, slash Sam Darnold, who wasn't seeing ghosts, but uh, also was struggling once again. And it's like, well, do they have any chance in Carolina if they can't find a quarterback? And you look at the draft, and I know you're not keen on it, Jeff, but we do know this. Every year, some NFL GM, some coach talks himself into a quarterback oh, in the top five. Uh, if you can find odds on will a quarterback go in the top five, you want to hammer. <laughs> a quarterback will go in the top five. Should he is a different question. But I don't know. I'll float this guy who we saw vomit over all over himself Thursday night, Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, he is a very solid quarterback. I would take him over Bridgewater. I would take yeah. him over Darnold. I think Jimmy Garoppolo is going to have suitors. And frankly— Jeff, at this point, I'd take Jimmy Garoppolo over Baker Mayfield who oh, yeah. in Cleveland is, I mean, he's on the quarterback hot seat. But what do you make of Jimmy Garoppolo? This is a guy who could end up, I mean, Pittsburgh's going to need a quarterback. We saw yeah. Ben washed. Oh, Roethlisberger once again looked terrible. Um, I don't know. What's your early read on Garoppolo? All right, so here's the way I feel about Garoppolo. I think Jared Goff is in the same category, probably Baker to, 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 to some extent. Um, you know, They're viable starting quarterbacks in the NFL. But what sets apart Super Bowl champions, and that's the goal of you, right, to win a Super Bowl championship, is is being able to do the extra, right? Being able to make the plays, either within the structure of the offense where you have to do something special, make a special throw, or outside the structure of the offense where we've seen Aaron Rodgers and Pat Mahomes and even to an extent Tom Brady make plays year over year over year. And you have in those big moments when you have to do a little extra, those guys have the extra. And when things are going great, Jimmy Garoppolo does have that. And look at Baker Mayfield, Jimmy Garoppolo, they make good throws. They make big throws every now and then, but it's not consistent, right? And when things are going well, as we saw with Jimmy Garoppolo and Jared Goff in back-to-back years in the Super Bowl years that Rams and Niners had, when things are going well, they're fine. But here's the difference. In the Super Bowl, the Niners played the Chiefs. I was there in Miami. My brother played on the Chiefs. It was a ton of fun to be there at the game. Only Super Bowl I've ever been at. The energy, it was fantastic. There were two throws in that game where Jimmy Garoppolo made the wrong decision or a bad pass. There was a third and six. We know this many times, right? Third and six. He kittle wide open. It's who the plays for. He throws to Sanders incomplete. Then we saw the deep pass to Sanders. He missed. Those are two throws that when you Super Bowl, and those are two throws that about seven quarterbacks, maybe less the NFL make, right? Rodgers makes those throws. Mahomes, Brady, obviously. Uh, Russell Wilson probably makes those throws. Now, maybe not this version of Russell Wilson. Um, who else in the NFL makes those throws? Uh, I'm trying to get out of my head. Okay, can I, we toss I, Josh Allen in there or no? Um, Yesterday he made those throws. Good, good, good Josh Allen. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yesterday he did. But not a lot of quarterbacks make those throws. And those are the difference between Jimmy Garoppolo winning Super Bowl and Pat Mahomes, who on you know three jet wasp made those throws, right? So it's a small margin between good and great. And Jimmy Garoppolo's good, good quarterback. And so what happens is if you're Kyle Shanahan or you're any coach, you think to yourself, okay, we know what we're getting with Jimmy Garoppolo. If we get everything else right, we have a chance. And so that 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 idea of the hope is what teams will cling to 
when it comes to Garoppolo. And, you know, again, he, he's good. Is he great? Not all the time. Sometimes he's really good, but he makes too many mistakes. And so that's why, that's why teams gravitate themselves towards a Jimmy Garoppolo because you, you, you know what you're getting. You can be great. If everything around him is great, good. If it's not, then your team's probably not going to get anyways. Yeah, it's it's very tough to handicap um, teams without a quarterback. But as as you noted, Garoppolo did go to a Super Bowl. Yes, I'm aware he threw like eight passes in the NFC Championship game, a beatdown of the Packers. But uh, I, I'm a believer in Garoppolo. I know I'm probably one of the few guys that does believe. I don't know if he could do it in Carolina, but if I'm Pittsburgh, I'm definitely making yeah. a move for Jimmy Garoppolo. I think that's got to be the number one target. Um, well, is he better well, than any I mean, quarterback coming out of the college right now um, for the first year or two? Probably. Uh, I, I'm not a believer in Pickett, but we'll get to that later. I think, Jeff, overwhelmingly, though, my biggest takeaway, and I open my my Straight Fire podcast with this, is the Kansas City Chiefs are, you know, some teams peak early, the Arizona Cardinals 7-0, and but it's not how you start, it's how you finish. And right now, there is no better team in the league than Kansas City. A lot of Green Bay Packer fans are going to hit me on Twitter, Jason, come on, the Packers have the best record, LeFleur. Give me in any playoff game. Give me Andy Reid over Lafleur. It's not even close. Chiefs are on fire, Jeff. Since week ten, undefeated. The defense is on lockdown. Uh, no Travis Kelsey. Oh, I'll just throw the ball to Byron Pringle. Uh, the defense and the offense combined right now are are leading the Chiefs to, I believe, number one spot in the NFL, and they have to be Super Bowl favorites. I don't even know who the second-best team is in the A. Who challenges them? Maybe the Colts? Um, maybe no, the Bills? No, they have a bad quarterback. Stop with the Colts stuff. I, I mean, who who is it then? Who challenges the team? Somebody's got to push them. It, it's Buffalo if, if we get Josh Allen that we had yesterday. That 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 player is hard to stop. I mean, he, he made some great throws yesterday. It's that That's who it is if Josh Allen is going to play like that. It's Buffalo. Yeah, that Josh Allen uh, Chiefs game where the – Chiefs just got destroyed by Buffalo in I think it was a rainstorm right back in like yeah October. but they, yeah they lost thirty eight to twenty um, the Chiefs team is different now this is why the NFL it's such a long season guys and you, you you it's really hard to look at games early in the season and say that's going to happen again because if Tennessee or Buffalo who they lost to the Ravens come to Kansas City in, in the postseason come on Chiefs are favored by by. Four to seven to nine, ten points. Yeah, I'm looking at that box score from the 38-20 Bills game. Uh, it doesn't look like Chris Jones even played. I don't know. He had a, he had a he had a wrist injury in that game. They did they not were, have Melvin Ingram, and they were still playing that that man coverage a bunch. Um, Sorensen was playing a lot. <laughs> still, you know. Look, I, I tried to warn everyone. I know I'm a Chiefs homer. I'm a Chiefs fan. I get that, but I tried to warn everyone. They were three and four, and they haven't lost since then. And I tried to warn everyone. I was like, guys, look, they're they're too talented and too smart of a coaching staff to suck all season. <laughs> like the idea that a couple bad games all of a sudden they're just they don't know how to coach or play anymore was utterly ridiculous to me. Spags made changes and they're a different team now. Yeah, I, I just I can't make a really a strong case for the Bills because without their top cornerback, they're going to be in big-time trouble. Tredavious White, they haven't missed him yet. Listen, you're not going to face him when you're playing in uh, a windstorm in uh, Buffalo. You're not going to miss Tredavious White when you're playing against Mac Jones. Like, they haven't been tested. Pat Mahomes will test them. I, I, just, I, I actually think Indy, and again, it's less about the quarterback, Jeff. It's more about the coach. I like Frank Reich a lot. And as of right now, it looks like Cincinnati is going to meet Indianapolis in the first round of the playoffs. 
That's a hell of a game. And I know people are going to talk themselves into Burrow in offense. I just want to remind people, Frank Reich versus Zach Taylor. Jeff, are you a Zach Taylor guy? <laughs> um, no, I think the Bengals um, a little are a little overinflated after they've dominated the Ravens. Yeah, twice I already bet the Chiefs this week against. Before that, four and a half. Yeah. Before that, um, you know they they'd scored fifteen, twenty two, and twenty three. I think in the, in the three previous weeks, they just have a thing with, and the Ravens are so beat up. Right, they're they're, they're just they're 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 beat up. The thing about the Colts, look, so. Your people that are just out of their mind. I saw someone put the Colts third as their third best team in the NFL right now. NFL. Yeah. Look. Oh, that's here's the strange. thing: is that if we're projecting the playoffs, we're talking about obviously who's going to win the AFC and the NFC. The Colts are, are going to be the five seed they're, or six. Like they're not winning the division, right? Tennessee just has to win one more game down the stretch, and they have I think Dolphins and Texans, and they win the division. So the Colts are going to be the five seed. They're going to play the Bengals, and maybe they have to go to, to play Kansas City week in, in the divisional round. Who knows? But it's hard, Jason, for me to think that Carson Wentz, the way he plays against the Bengals, Chiefs, Bills, Titans, whoever it is, and make a Super Bowl. It's yes, not going to happen. Yeah. Super Bowl is no, no, a bit of a reach. But so, so, Jeff, real quick, and we're going to go to break here. We'll come back with uh, more NFL chatter. I am curious, after the Chiefs, you have the Bills as the second best team in the AFC because as of the as of right now the standings are Titans two, Bengals three, Bills four, Colts five, Patriots six, Ravens seven. And Ravens will not stay at seven. There's too many injuries. Um, no, they won't stay. And the Dolphins win tonight. The Dolphins are seven. Um, you know Tennessee's so beat up. I, I really don't know how they continue to do this. I mean, the Vrabel deserves a lot of credit for this. Um, they're, they're playing some good football, and obviously, if the Chiefs lose one game, uh, the, the the Titans have uh, have the tiebreaker, and they're the one seed. Um, but we've kind of seen the Titans, right? Like, w- what sets them apart this year from previous teams they've had? Like, the Chiefs look like the Chiefs we've seen the last three years. What 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 about the Titans? would get you excited they would beat the Chiefs this time around. All their numbers are built up with having Derrick Henry early in the season. Uh, A.J. Brown having him back is nice, but this is a fraudulent team. All right, coming up next here on the Dan Patrick Show, we'll go to the NFC. Who's the best team? Who you got? Packers? Cowboys? That's next here on the Dan Patrick Show. Remember, the compact GLA Mercedes-Benz proves it's not the size of the SUV in the fight. It's the size of the fight in the SUV. Learn more about the nimble and ready-for-anything Mercedes-Benz vehicle at MBUSA.com. Mercedes-Benz, the best or nothing. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 to noon Eastern or 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Dan Patrick Show at FoxSportsRadio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Or stream us live on the Peacock app. Back here on the Dan Patrick Show, I'm Jason McIntyre. He is Jeff Schwartz. We're in for Dan Patrick and company. Jeff, I got to say, I did have about an hour on Sunday where I was absolutely devastated. I was in a Survivor League this year. I do the Survivors every year. I've won a couple, but never a pool this big. Jeff, 2,468 people. I was one of 20 left. The pot over $123,000, and I had the Chargers. Oh, and no. And Jeff, I, I, listen, 12 other people had the Chargers. And my, I mean, like, listen, the, the Texans had nine starters on defense out. 
the line steamed up on Sunday from 10.5 to 13. We talked about like, this yesterday, yeah. I, I, I mean, this is, listen, we know the Chargers love to do that thing called chargering, but remember, a few weeks ago, they were hosting the Giants, and they were big favorites, and everybody's like, oh, we can't touch the Chargers, this is where they let down, and they rolled by like a million. They were up like 30 to 7 or whatever, and I just watched the Chargers closely on Sunday, and Jeff, I have to say, I, I mean, I knew the run defense was bad, but they let Rex Burkhead, I thought he was out of the league, by the way, they let him go for a buck fifty. And that's one of those games where I love Justin Herbert. I like watching him. But when you lose a game to the Texans, you let them average like 6.8 yards per play. I mean, the Texans punted once. I, this is not a team I can believe in in the AFC, Jeff. Uh, L.A. Chargers, oh my gosh. No, I, and I thought they would be. There was a stat I saw. I, I should have saved it, but someone like Justin Herbert was the most efficient success rate in the pocket this season of like any quarterback in a single game. And yet... They obviously lost the game. Like it was the most charging we've ever seen the Chargers do. I mean, it was. Oh man! And, and look, you can make a case. This is a very a very collegiate feel to it, right? You, you play that big home game, right, against your rival, and there's a lot of hype in that game, and you lose. And the next weekend, you just come out flat, right? That happens a lot in college football. It doesn't happen a lot in the NFL. Yeah, where, I mean, not to that extent. Plus, it was on a Thursday, so you, yeah, had, so you had all this time, time off. But it just it felt very much like that, right? Like we gave it our all against the Chiefs. They should have won that game against Kansas City. They did not. Not that our season's over, but the emotional letdown. And it's worth pointing out. And, and we're, we're gonna talk a lot about this week as, as the week gets going, Jason. I know we have a c- couple of our Fox Bet Live shows later in the week. I'm gonna mention this many times when it comes to Bengals and Chiefs. Because it, you have to learn how to handle success in this league and failure in this league, right? And teams that are new to that have trouble with the success part especially, right? So look at the Chargers, right? They're playing good football. We're, we're hyping them up. We're hyping the coach up. You know, we, we, Brandon Staley, I like, right? He, he says the right things. He does the right things. They get Kansas City at home on a Thursday night, the biggest Thursday night game Biggest AFC West game in probably five years, right? As the Chiefs, Mitch Holtus, the radio voice, said on the Travis Kelsey game winning touchdown. And, and you build yourself up for that and you lose that game. It's hard when you're not used to that feeling of, of having success and then not getting that success of then dealing with that, right? Like it takes a year to learn how to do that. It takes a year, and the Bengals are this way. They've been this way this entire season. It takes a year to figure out how to deal with success. The Bengals, I think, I'll say this right now, are going to lose by 10 to 14 points against Kansas City. They're not ready for this moment yet. Every time this season, they've been ready for the big game. They got they lost the Jets, right? They lost to uh, uh, um, the Browns. They got blown by the Browns. And then all of a sudden, they're back in the AFC North hunt. The Chargers beat them. The Niners beat them again. It takes time to learn how to be a yeah. winner and learn how to deal with the emotions of winning and losing the NFL, especially when you're a young team. And the Chargers are new to this, right? They have a, a second-year quarterback. Yeah, it's a tough one. Tough one, Jeff. All right, uh, let's welcome in our guest here, Brad Spielberger, pro football Focus NFL analyst. Brad, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm doing well. How about yourself? Uh, you know, I've been better. Chargers really screwed me in Survivor, but uh, <laughs> I, I digress. Let's move on. Hey, Brad, I, I got to start with probably the biggest surprise of Sunday. The Dallas Cowboys dropping 56 on Washington. They scored in almost every way imaginable. Defensive touchdown, special teams. The offense was a machine. You know, can this team really get to the Super Bowl, Brad? Uh, well, only team standing between them has to be the Packers, right? 
Yeah, you know, I think all year long as you watch this team, you thought if they can get Demarcus Lawrence, Randy Gregory, even guys like Neville Gallimore back healthy on this defensive line and can dominate in the trenches on both sides of the ball, then they can beat anyone. And yes, Green Bay still looks good, continues to win football games, and probably will be hosting in Green Bay. But I think Dallas might be, with some of the injuries happening to Tampa, Dallas might be the best team left outside of the Packers in the NFC. Mm. But we, we have to see more consistency from Dak, right? I mean, we, we saw he started fast. He's kind of faded. His EPA been way down. Now, yesterday it was good. We, we have to see it a couple more weeks, right, to really believe that Dak is kind of back from that calf injury. You know, I do think that calf injury was getting underplayed a bit. He really didn't play well for about four, five, six weeks there. But also, not that he's necessarily a running quarterback, but I think you saw hesitancy from him to leave the pocket really at all. Just wasn't really scrambling, wasn't looking to make plays with his legs. And I think part of that was because that was kind of nagging him. But, yeah, yesterday, I mean, 320 passing yards in the first half was a top 10 result of the decade, um, you know, in terms of just total yards in a first half. One of the most... Dominant performances I think I've seen in a very long time. Brad, I look at this a team like the Cincinnati Bengals, and it appears that they're on the cusp of going worst to first, worst in the division to first place. That seems to happen every year in the league. However, should we be cautioning folks, hey, listen, this team is a little suspect on defense. They definitely struggle to face good offenses. And, oh, guess what? In the postseason, they're going to have to face a good offense. Are, are the Cincinnati Bengals a little overvalued after – Joe Burrow threw for 500 yards against the Ravens. Yeah, I think that's a fair you know, question, question to have. They have some tough losses this year. I mean, the Chicago Bears dominated them up front. Um, that's obviously you know a long time ago now, but but they still are pretty weak on the interior of that offensive line. I believe Riley Reef, their right tackle, is out now with an injury as well. So definitely still some question marks there. But as you said, if you get a hot Joe Burrow and those three receivers going, it looks like they can score points with anyone. It might come down to that defense. So, the, if if the Bengals uh, lose the Chiefs and the Browns, I believe they have the uh, the series this weekend. The Browns win that game. It comes down to Bengals and Browns for the uh, the AFC North. I believe that's the, my math is correct. There are, are the Browns good enough if healthy, if kind of everyone's back to win the last two games and win the AFC North. So here's a little note for you: is that right now, if you wanted to bet the Browns to win the AFC North, just a future. It's plus 600 right now at DraftKings. And so if you wanted to bet that, you could basically say, look, if they win this week and the Bengals lose, then that game in week 18 will be for the division, and you might basically get a plus 600 flyer on, on Brown's money line in theory on that game. So, so yeah, I think they are. I think they need to get healthy, play some good football. I mean, they threw that game away against the Green Bay Packers, but really could have and arguably should have won that game. I think they will handle Pittsburgh. Will not be an easy victory, you know, in Pittsburgh. But I do. I still think they are alive and, and have a real shot. Uh, Brad, this it's so funny. I didn't even realize this. The Browns are currently twelfth in the AFC. The Bengals are third. Yet you guys just laid out a scenario where the Browns win the division. I, I, I don't know. Adding a seventeenth game, Brad. You know, got a lot of criticism. Oh, the, the players are already you know banged up enough. This is not good. I don't know, man. It seems like there's so many teams available to the playoffs this late that adding a 17th game is a huge win for the NFL. Yeah, the combination of that and reducing the amount of teams with a bye down to just one team now getting a bye means that basically every team has to play all the way through Week 18. I mean, obviously Jeff can speak to, I'm sure it's not you know looked on favorably by players, but from an entertainment standpoint and from every single week mattering all the way through the year, uh, I mean, yeah, you, you, can't, you can't argue with those results. 
Uh, sticking in, in the AFC, um, obviously the Kansas City turnaround has, has been impressive. It does feel like this is the 2019 version of this team, right? We saw 2019, the defense just continue to improve. Offensively, it feels like they're finding their start. I was pretty impressed yesterday without Travis Kelsey, what, what Pat Mahomes was able to do. Which team in the AFC can stop them in the playoffs if the Chiefs have the, uh, the bye? You know, they are starting to look like that, that same club again, and I really do think the rest of the AFC has just not been particularly impressive. Obviously, some of those teams are decimated with injury, and I think I would still point to Buffalo, you know, who, who I picked to win the Super Bowl before the season began, and, and now could potentially, I think they have the Falcons and the Jets at home the last two weeks, so they should win the AFC East and at least, you know, play at home for the first week. The problem with them, though, is I still just don't trust their defensive line, their defensive front, and now Tredavious White is obviously out for the rest of the season, and that will kill them you know, against the Tyree kills of the world. So I would say Buffalo just because if Josh Allen plays like he did yesterday, you know, I think he was the best football player in the country yesterday, then they can beat anyone. But right now the Chiefs kind of look like they're in a class of their own in the AFC. Interesting. No mention of the uh, my, my lovely Indianapolis Colts there, uh, Brad. I, I do it. Not my Indianapolis Colts. But, Colson Wentz is not good. Well, that that's going to lead to my question. Like, can you get? We saw the 49ers get to a Super Bowl by kind of hiding Jimmy G at times in the playoffs. I'm just curious. Uh, I'm not a Carson Wentz believer, but with this offensive line healthy, uh, when a, whenever Darius Leonard returns because he's unvaccinated, he's out another game. But Jonathan Taylor offensive line, can they control clock? Uh, you know, just steamroll folks in the trenches and make a shocking run to the Super Bowl. I think they started 0-4 or 0-5, one of those two. Yeah, so, you know, I think I think Jeff basically answered the question for me. But I think on top of the fact that Wentz is just not a good quarterback right now, I think the biggest concern with them is that outside of Michael Pittman Jr., a wide receiver, they really just do not have good receiving options. And and I think it's something you can get away with during the regular season, but come playoff time against good opponents, as you mentioned before, these defenses are going to say, all right, we're going to take Michael Pittman Jr. out of this game. We'll put our top guy on him, or you know, we'll shadow a safety on top of him, whatever. Can they then beat us throwing to Ashton Doolin and Mo Alley Cox and Jack Doyle and, and a T.Y. Hilton who's not the same T.Y. Hilton? And, and the answer to that question, I think, is also just no. Can the Rams win the NFC with Matt Goff at quarterback? Because it feels like that is uh, he's, he's going to hold them back just like their former quarterback did. Oh, boy. Uh, you know, I, I still do think that Matthew Stafford is a better quarterback and, and can make things happen that Jared Goff simply cannot do. Can play outside of structure better. Can, you know, just create something out of nothing a lot better than Jared Goff can. So I think that'll matter and that'll help come playoff time. Um, but yeah, I mean, I mean, he's looked bad for the last couple of weeks now. Uh, I mean, almost had the yips to look like yesterday after I want to say the second interception. Mm. He was kind of just afraid. He was afraid to even kind of let the ball go at, at a certain point. But nevertheless, I still do think they're going to find a way to right the ship there. The defense with that defensive line, Von Miller starting to look like Von Miller, um, can probably keep them in any game. And then as long as Stafford can kind of navigate some of those late game moments and and, and make some good plays instead of some bad ones. Interesting. Uh, Brad, I do want to ask about the kind of the quarterback musical chairs that may or may not go down this offseason. Russell Wilson in Seattle, they lost a game that they usually never lose against the Bears yesterday. I mean, they had the game basically locked up and totally blew it, ended up losing. No playoffs. Uh, Pete Carroll's, what, 75 years old? I mean, this team is going nowhere fast. And I'm just curious, it is early, but how do you handicap the Russell Wilson uh, situation in the offseason? 
You know, I really do think he is going to play for another team in, in week one of 2022. You know, I, I do not think he'll be a Seattle Seahawk. I would say one quick note about contracts, just because that is kind of my area, is, you know, the, the Seahawks restructured, basically, they cleared a bunch of cap space this, all, this past offseason on almost every single contract except for Russell Wilson's they did not touch. And the reason that you don't alter his deal is because you make it harder to trade him down the road. You make there be more dead cap when he leaves. And so they didn't do that, and I think they wanted to keep the window open that if they do go ahead and trade him away, they won't have as big of a penalty and a burden to overcome. And so, you know, that's, that's before this season. Now this season progresses. It's obviously been a, a train wreck. I mean, yeah, yesterday to lose to the Bears at home, what was, you know, Nick Foles QB3 was really bad. I think the New Orleans Saints who were on his list of four teams he said he would be willing to go to. I think the New Orleans Saints will make a big push, hmm. try to bring him in there with, with Sean Payton, and I think that could be a, a something to monitor. Can they afford him, uh, given the salary cap, though? <laughs> yeah, so it, it's funny. The, the Saints are projected to be about $60 million over the ah. salary cap as of right now, but it's actually a pretty easy path forward. They can oh. restructure a bunch of deals, as they always do, um, and they can actually clear that money without cutting a single player. So... They can. They will. They can find a way to make it work. They have the draft capital. You know, they'll probably. I would have to give up two firsts just to get the conversation started. Um, but yeah, they can find a way to make it work. And I think make one last run with some of these. You know, Cam Jordan and Malcolm Jenkins and some of these older guys. Make one last run, maybe two last runs, and and then maybe kind of start over. Hmm. All you have to do, Jason, is is give Taysom Hill more millions of dollars. And yeah, cap space. How much did they give way. him, Jeff? They uh, didn't they get like four year deal. It's all fake money. It's, it's, it's just it's just funny to talk about because Saints fans get really upset when we talk when we joke about Taysom Hill getting new deals. So if if Russell Wilson goes to New Orleans, what happens to Pittsburgh? Because they obviously need a quarterback next season. The draft. Everyone says Kenny Pickett should go there. Obviously, it makes sense considering he went to school in Pittsburgh. But what do the Steelers do? You know, I think they also have to get into this conversation. You can't have, you know, the highest-paid defensive player in football. You can't make Minka Fitzpatrick one of the highest-paid safeties. And, and you have these great young receiving options. You, you can't have that roster and not at least try to find a quarterback. You know, I think you call the Raiders and, and see if Derek Carr, maybe they don't want to extend him. Um, you maybe, you know, this probably won't go over well at Pittsburgh at all, but you maybe explore Kirk Cousins. I mean, I think you try to find someone that can run the offense if it is still Matt Canada's offense. Um, you know, it, it, it's comfortable with all, all, the, all the horizontal things they do. And I think Kirk Cousins kind of makes sense for them. But nevertheless, I think they have to do something. Wow, Brad Spielberger dropping. I mean, that's a stunner. First of all, I don't know how you get rid of Taysom Hill and Jameis Winston. But, uh, ooh, good stuff, Brad. Pro football focus, NFL analyst. Brad, enjoy, enjoy uh, Monday Night Football tonight. Thank you. You too. All right. Uh, coming up next here on the Dan Patrick Show. Uh, th- that, that, to me, what he just said is stunning. Kirk Cousins, could he be on the move? Uh, and, Jeff, we do this all the time, right? Every single year we get excited about quarterbacks all moving. And then how many end up moving? Like one or none? No, no, none of them. But because... is this the year finally? Aaron Rodgers? Russell Wilson? No, Aaron could... Rodgers is 100% going back to Green Bay. That, that's, that's happened. Come on, everybody. He's not he, going anywhere else. He's going back to, ooh, okay. I, I'll push back on that after this year. Jeff Schwartz, Jason McIntyre on the Dan Patrick Show. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. I'm George Reister, host of the Reister or Wrong podcast. This is the intersection where sports, business, society, and pop culture meet the truth. 
absolute fire on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Facts only. Make sure you check your feelings at the door because no BS is allowed. We keep it 100. This is where real conversations happen. Listen to the Rice or Wrong podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Back here on the Dan Patrick Show, I'm Jason McIntyre. He's Jeff Schwartz. In for Dan Patrick and company. Jeff, I saw some meatball tweeted us about a defense of Carson Wentz and was like, look, look, Carson Wentz is sixth in QBR. Um, I'm just yeah. going to point this out real we quick. Don't, we, Go no look one... at the weekly leaders for QBR. You will never guess who was number one in week 16. Zach Wilson. Oh, there we go. He threw for like 104 yards, but he had a 52-yard touchdown run. So obviously QBR favors rushing quarterbacks. Get a clue, guy who tweeted at us. Zach Wilson was the number one QBR quarterback this week, okay? Like, get I, again, a clue. There's no one who defends quarterback more than, like, Carson Wentz. Like, I, I just, I, I don't get it. Um, there is... I get there's like a redemption part of this, right? Like you want someone to be great again, and, and he was great in 2017. Um, but like, how many, how many other teams win a Super Bowl with their starting quarterback getting hurt? It doesn't happen often, right? Like, I don't know. I, I I just and he's never been the same player since. I I I don't get it. It would ever matter. Yeah. Well, problem. we in America we love a good redemption story, right? Uh, overcoming odds, coming back from you know uh, the ashes, you know people, uh, people wanted to give him comeback player of the year. I said, for comeback from what? He was benched last season. He wasn't hurt. <laughs> like, come on. I think come on. Dak, I think Dak Prescott won that like you know before Halloween. I've never something. wagered more money on any wager in my entire life than Dak Prescott comeback player of the year. I made four separate wagers on that because my I, I live in a state that doesn't allow such a thing. And so I, there was a limit on how much I could wager on it. And uh, I made four separate bets on that, on Dak Prescott comeback player of the year. Smart man, Jeff. All right, let's look, let's dive deep into quarterbacks, right? So I texted Jeff a list of about a dozen quarterbacks who could be on the move, who could demand out. And um, I think we have to start with Aaron Rodgers. Jeff, you, you seem pretty keen that he wants to return. But I just want to remind people. Aaron Rodgers was never like a media guy. He is going on like a weekly show. This guy named Pat McAfee has a show. And Aaron Rodgers is going on there. And he, I mean, I don't I don't listen to the show, but I see the clips online. It sounds like Aaron Rodgers is just angry and just wants to throw a middle finger up to everybody in the league and call his shot. You think he's staying in Green Bay? Um, so I, I do, and, and I'll explain I'll explain why. Um you know, the goal obviously is is to win, right? And, and I think Rodgers knows that. He knows that um, the best chance to win is in Green Bay. And if he goes, like, where's he going to Denver? He's not going to win in Denver. Is, is he going to win in in Pittsburgh? I mean, maybe, I guess, right? He can win in Pittsburgh. He's not going to New Orleans, probably. Um, and and so the, the, the opportunity for winning is number one and still in his mind. I mean, th- that's how he gets what he wants, right? He gets what he wants, the attention, all that, because he's winning. If he was on a bad team... No one would care about Aaron Rodgers, but because on a winning team, they do. He's about to go to his third straight NFC Championship game. Like, you're not going somewhere else after that. His issues seem to be with how things were handled. It appears that the Packers are trying to make amends for that. I think he would be, it'd be a very bad career move for him to leave Green Bay. Interesting. Now, I I would say the opposite is true. Look at across the sports landscapes, GOAT types players who have 
picked their spot and moved. Uh, LeBron comes to L.A., wins a championship. Well, LeBron's been to four teams. Like, come Every, on, yeah, and times. I think it shows anywhere he goes, he wins. Tom Brady wins with Belichick. Sport, man. Okay, Tom Brady wins with Belichick. Tom Brady decides, you know what? I, I got my choice. I could go Chargers. I'm going to go Tampa Bay Bucks. They had not been to the playoffs, yeah. and he wins a Super Bowl but, in year one. But the difference is, is that the Packers are, are winning right now. So, well, like, the Patriots were winning. I think they had the number one seed when Tom Brady's final year, right? Uh, and they lost to the se- Titans at, the, se- I mean, se- the second seed. But second it, seed. Okay. It doesn't matter. Uh, but there was clearly he was carrying that team, right? Rodgers is not. This is the best Packers defense they've had in quite a few years. They've drafted very well. It's got a good offensive line. Like I think the, the Patriots situation and Tom Brady had won. Six Super Bowls already in New England. Like, eventually those runs end. Yeah. He's been with Matt LaFleur, Aaron Rodgers has now for three. Matt LaFleur has not lost a regular season game after November. Still. Well, that that is my second point. We heard Tom Brady was sick of being belittled by Belichick. Belichick lauded as the greatest coach of all time. I wonder if Brady was a little sick of all the shine Belichick was getting for the way he treated him and was like, you know what, bugger off, dude. I'm going to go do my own thing and win a Super Bowl. And is Aaron Rodgers hearing all this LaFleur stuff? Because honestly, like I know we're giving LaFleur props, but is LaFleur anything without Aaron Rodgers? And I would be willing to bet anything, Jeff, if Aaron Rodgers leaves the Packers, LaFleur is a 500 coach at best next year. At best. I don't care who's I mean, he's not getting anybody good, but Jordan Love is his guy. Probably, but what what would Andy Reid be with with Chad Henney? Well, Andy Reid took uh, Alex Smith to the playoffs a couple times. Yeah, and he but went Alex to, Smith is he won, far better than Jordan Love. In, it, with the Eagles, he won a lot and went to the playoffs. Never could fully break through. I think he lost a Super Bowl with McNabb. He, he did, but McNabb and and Alex Smith are far better than than Jordan Love would be, though. Like, I just, yes, yeah. unless Jordan Love is holding back and we haven't seen him yet. Was, was this his second year riding uh, the bench? Um, yes, yes. I yes. just if I'm Aaron Rodgers. I, he, if he, uh, look, we both agree, right? We got an Albert Breer coming up here in a minute. Jeff, we both agree Aaron Rodgers is probably the most talented quarterback ever. Not the best, but the most talented. Would you agree or no? Um, yeah, that's fair. He's I up guess. there. Okay. He's up there. I mean, he knows at, he's not passing Brady. What, what Elway and Marino with their arms and Rodgers and, and yeah. Mahomes. I mean, like, it's this best thing. He's, he's one of the best. Yes. One of the best. Okay. I just, you can put him in. It's tough to get in the Brady discussion because of six Super Bowls and Rodgers has had a lot of AFC, uh, sorry, NFC failures in the playoffs. I just wonder if he leaves, goes to Denver, wins a Super Bowl. What does that do for the for the Aaron Rodgers narrative? Does it does it elevate him? Can he be elevated? I just he's got nothing left to prove in Green Bay, in my opinion. He's carried that franchise for so dang long. Yeah, I mean, but, I mean, but where's he going to go and win next season? Well, that's like, the thing. T- like, Tampa Bay was built specifically to kind of have Tom Brady come in, and he knew that. I mean, Pittsburgh, I guess, maybe, but Pittsburgh's not really what Tampa was. Um, Denver's not that team right now. I don't well, think, when, when Tom Brady Tom Brady went to Tampa, he had to face New, or- uh, New Orleans a couple times, struggle with them. Uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers goes to Denver, he's got to face Patrick Mahomes a couple times, uh, Justin Herbert a couple times. Uh, this Packers division, by the way, is a joke. Nobody else is in there exactly. going to play. He, he, wins, he wins every year. I just, I can't, I think it'd be a bad career for a decision for him to move. So, so does it, how much does it elevate him though? If he leaves and wins a Super Bowl? I mean, of course it elevates him. Just like it elevated LeBron to do it. Yeah. It, no matter places. what he does in green Bay, it's not going to really, he cannot, I don't think enhance his profile, but anyways, we'll get back to the quarterbacks. We got Albert Breer from sports illustrated Monday morning quarterback coming up. Do we have Albert? 
Yes, we got Albert Breer. All right, well, let's welcome in my main man, Albert Breer, Sports Illustrated Monday morning quarterback. How are you, man? I'm good. I'm good. How are you guys doing? Uh, can't complain. Uh, J- Al- Jason McIntyre and Jeff Schwartz in for Dan Patrick. Albert, let's get started with the Dallas Cowboys. Impressive win on Sunday Night Football. Uh, this team, can they get to the Super Bowl, given that offense, the healthy defense, even the special teams look good last night? Yeah, you know, I think so much of it's just going to ride on, on the health of the offensive line. You know, and um, you know, Tyron Smith's been in and out of the lineup the last couple of years, really. Um, Zach Martin's a little older, um, and he missed the end of last year. Uh, Lyle Collins, you know, I, I just, you know, I, I think so much of the identity, and this really goes back a decade, has been built to that offensive line. And so if you watch the way they've ebbed and flowed over the last few years, a lot of it is directly related to the health of those guys up front because those guys haven't been quite um, as, as sturdy as they were four or five years ago. And so, you know, the interesting thing about it, guys, I think, is that they built up everything else around it. You know, the receivers were once a problem. The receivers are now, you know, I, I think one of the best groups in the league. You know, I think Zeke Elliott still has some juice left, and he's got Tony Pollard behind him. And then on defense, you know, the defense, I think, is as good as it's been in a while with some real playmakers and Demarcus Lawrence coming back off the injury and Micah Parsons and Trayvon Diggs. And so, you know, I, I, I really think if you want to simplify it and boil, boil it down, if the offensive line can stay healthy, and perform at the, at the at the level they're accustomed to. This might be the most complete team in the league. It's just that so much of their identity has run through that group over the last decade that when those guys are are, are out, when they're missing guys up front, they just aren't the same. Yeah, I mean, a lot, a lot of teams are obviously like that, and, and they're weathering the storm with injuries. Can, can Tampa Bay continue to do this? And they put a bad Panthers team, but they have Fournette. And and David now on the short term injury reserve, right? The, the three game. Godwin's out yep. for the season. Mike Evans is beat up right now. They're, they they hopefully I, I think they hope to get some secondary pieces back. But can they win with this team kind of as it is now? Yeah, you know, Jeff. I think um, you know, like uh, the, the team's constructed a little bit differently than it was last year. Now, I think Fournette's a big one because Fournette sort of gave them something that I, I'm not sure anybody else in the roster can give them. And so, you know, I, I know he's seen a couple of specialists, and it'll be interesting to see, you know, what his timeline winds up being. Um, I don't know that it's a sure thing that they're going to get him back at full strength. So that's a big one, and I think that's one to watch. Uh, but, you know, I, I do think that the makeup of the offense is a little bit different than it, than it was last year. Where, And what I mean by that is I think they're a little bit more reliant on Brady, Brady guys, and they're a little bit more Brady-centric than they were last year, which is natural because this is his second year there. Um, you know, and when I talked to other teams that had played against them, when they went to that little, you know, that little rut they were in for about a month in November, um, you know, I, you know, when you ask around, the one thing that kind of came back over and over and over again on why they worked the same in November as they had been in September and October was no Antonio Brown, no Rob Gronkowski. And the interesting thing about it is if you look last year, right, like where they were, both those guys came in late. It was the COVID year. You weren't practicing the same way. You didn't have a real training camp. And so for pretty much the entirety of last year, those guys were sort of treated as bonus pieces, you know, like let's find ways to get them the ball. Whereas this year, because they've got the relationship with Brady, they had the full off season and everything else, you know, now you're looking at guys that were fully integrated and that Brady was really relying on. And so, you know, I think this year they're more equipped to deal with the loss of somebody like Godwin than they would have been last year based on how the offense is constructed. I think, honestly, guys, it's a big reason why, um, you know, they were willing to jump through all the hoops they needed to jump through to get A.B. back in the lineup. 
Uh, Albert, you started a little brush fire on the internet last week when you said that the Browns could entertain <laughs> the idea of Russell Wilson as their uh, next quarterback. And, you know, the Baker Mayfield pro- proceeds to go out and vomit all over himself against the Packers in a really uh, unfortunate performance. You know, island game. Yeah. Everybody's watching. Baker, I mean, geez, you're not giving him 30 mil or 40 or whatever he wants. But talk to me about the Browns' quarterback situation going forward. Yeah, I think where they are, J-Mac, is um, because this is the way the quarterback market works, right? There's no B-level you know, quarterback contract. You don't give a guy 50% of the market or 60% of the market when you draft him in the first round. It becomes a yes or no question. You either pay him at the top of the market or you don't. And that's why you saw you know, there was that string of quarterbacks, Derek Carr, Jimmy Garoppolo, where every guy, every guy to get a contract would become the highest-paid quarterback. So, you know, I, I think that's really where the Browns are right now. They're at a crossroads where Baker Mayfield's going into the final year of his rookie deal, and they have to decide, yes or no, do we want to pay him 40 to $45 million a year? And if you're not willing to do that, is there somebody out there that you are willing to give that money to? Because if you look at the way their roster's built, I mean, that is a team that's ready to win right now. A ton of, like, really good players in the heart of the prime of their careers. You know, guys, you know, and this is across the board, you know, guys like Miles Garrett and um, Jarvis Landry and Nick Chubb and, you know, the offensive line, they got that fixed in short order. And so, you know, I, I think so much of this is kind of looking at the window they're in, looking at how they budgeted for a big quarterback contract right now, because, you know, that's what you do when you draft one first overall. And, yeah, I mean, I, I think if things keep going the way that they've gone the last two months over the next couple of weeks, I think that's going to be part of the equation for the Browns. It's going to be, do we take a look at going and getting a Deshaun Watson, a Russell Wilson, an Aaron Rodgers, whoever's out there? And if it's not that, are we still selling off Baker Mayfield and go, maybe going for a veteran stopgap like a Jimmy Garoppolo that can get us to the next guy where we're not paying Baker Mayfield $40 million a year? It's, it's a tricky situation. And so, you know, I just – I look at where they're at and – you know, they've done such a good job building that thing up, you know, and now I think it's going to be about finding a way to, to, to come to a long-term answer at the quarterback position. Based on the way Baker's played this year, I'm not sure that you can you know, feel comfortable paying him 40 or $45 million a year. <laughs> Well, you absolutely cannot do that. Um, <laughs> yeah. but, but what happens? But, but what happens if if they if they win out? They win the AFC North. They have the Steelers and Bengals. Um, right. Well, the Bengals need to lose this weekend to Kansas City. I think we, we're. I'm assuming that there. Um, yep. I mean, are you going to get rid of a guy who took you to playoffs two years in a well, row? So, 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 Jeff, I think that 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 whole thing's changed now, though, right? Because if you like, you think about how like how logically they built that team and how, you know, the, the way those guys think, right? Like, are they going to let, you know, getting hot in December, you know, kind of guide them on a, on, on a franchise-shifting decision, right? Like on a, on a decision that's going to lock them into something for five years. I think the answer to that is no, based on what I know about Andrew Barry and Kevin Stefanski. And beyond just that, Look at the recent evidence. I mean, look at where these trends are going. Didn't the Rams just make this decision? Yeah. Right? Like, didn't the Rams just make that decision with Jared Goff? Like, he had gotten them to a Super Bowl, right? Like, didn't the Niners just make that decision on Jimmy Garoppolo? I know they haven't separated from him yet. But, you know, both those guys had very recently signed big-time extensions. Both those guys were in their 20s. Both those guys cost big-time draft capital. And both those organizations, the Rams and the Niners, decided those guys weren't good enough, decided that they needed to level up 
to compete with the Patrick Mahomes and the Josh Allens of the world for the next 10 years. And so I think that the Browns very much are, are where the Rams and the Niners were, you know, last year at this time, where I think they're going to get out of this season, whether it ends you know, two weeks from, from yesterday or at some point in the playoffs, and they're going to be in the same position asking the same questions that the Rams and the Niners were last year. All right, one more quarterback uh, for you real quick, Albert. Aaron Rodgers. Jeff and I seem to disagree here. Aaron Rodgers probably going to win the MVP, probably going to get the number one seed, apparently hates Green Bay, not the city, just the organization, doesn't like how they've done him. I'm just curious, is one of the reasons he wants to leave because maybe he just saw Tom Brady get out from under Belichick, go to Tampa, win a Super Bowl, and kind of win that divorce? Aaron Rodgers is carrying LaFleur. Everybody wants to think LaFleur's this great coach. He's done well, sure. But without Rodgers, this guy's a 500 coach for sure. Do you think Rodgers is still inclined to get the hell out of there, or does he stick around? All right. Well, well first of all, first of all, are we sure LaFleur's not that good? The Green Bay Packers have been around 101 years. They just won 12 games for the third year in a row. That's never happened before in the history yeah. of that franchise. I mean, the division has been awful the last three I mean, years. Like, let's give, let's give the guys some credit. Okay. <laughs> you know That's what fair. I mean? Like, all right, all right. So, but, but, but I understand your broader question. And, I mean, look, like I, I think that there was, there, was a, there was a Brady effect last year, right, where I think doing what Tom Brady did, right, Tom Brady went to a place and that place basically decided – we are blowing everything up. We are, we, are, we are taking the way that we built over the last five years to get this thing to a point where it was attracted to Brady, and we're going to blow it up. Everything's going to be on his timeline now. We're going to go get players for him. We're going to build a thing around him. And, you know, two or three years from now, I'll be damned. We don't care what happens then. We're building for right now. And I think that the other quarterbacks around the NFL, Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, absolutely in this category. I think Deshaun Watson was to a degree – as well, although I think he's a little bit different because you know he had a tire fire around him at the time. <laughs> um, but 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 I think but I think those guys like looked at Brady and said, "Give me some of that." And I think part of it was wanting like the idea of like being able to help build a team around you and have a team operate your timeline. I think the other piece of it for those guys was that's what they're up against now, right? So they look at it and they see the way that Seattle had built, the methodical way that Green Bay had built, and like they looked at it and said. If that's what I'm going to be up against, I need to have that sort of firepower around me. And so, you know, I think what Brady did sort of disrupted the way that quarterbacks looked, you know, at their teams, the way that quarterbacks looked at their futures. And it'll be interesting to see what happens now, you know, a year separated. Because I do think, like, if you look at what the Packers have done, right, and the way that they've operated over the last years, and in particular the way, that the way they've operated since they had Aaron, got Aaron back in the building in the summer, I mean, they've been way more aggressive. They went and got Mitt Whitney Merciless. They went and got Jalen Smith. They went and got Randall Cobb. Like, I know all these things haven't worked out, but they've acted a lot more aggressively, you know, over the last seven or eight months. So, I don't know, man. Like, you listen to the way – I mean, go watch the broadcast. Go watch, you know, Aaron Rodgers, you know, with, with Aaron Andrews again, right, at the end of that game. And the way he talked, that did not sound like a guy who wants to leave Green Bay. Mm. So – I mean, I, I think that, you know, I, I personally think they're going to go on the Super Bowl now. So I think this could, you know, wind up having a different ending than everybody expected 12 months ago. Now, if they get knocked out in the first round of the playoffs and Brady wins again, maybe we're talking about something else. But I don't think that 
this being uh, you know Aaron Rodgers last year in Green Bay is quite the fate of complete that it was six or seven months ago. Wow, good stuff. Uh, Albert Breer, you can find him at Sports Illustrated covering the NFL, Monday morning quarterback. Albert, great stuff as always. Thank Happy you. New Year, buddy. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Have a great one. All right, Albert Breer. So, uh, Jeff, he kind of sides with you on Rodgers there. I'm going nowhere, Jason. By the way, um, tell me the last time Aaron Rodgers won a big postseason game. And I like Aaron Rodgers, obviously. The guy's talented as hell. But well, yeah, for not, whatever reason. That, that, that doesn't change. It's not going to be different in Pittsburgh like or anywhere else. Like This just gives him the best chance to win. Yeah. Um, you like that Packers D, huh? Uh, all right, so we got to wrap up here. By the way, there's a bowl game starting soon, right, Jeff? Yes, 11 a.m. in 15 minutes. I can't wait. I I, just, I'm going to wager on it just right now. Just all right, I'll get down on that, too. How much time do we have? 15 minutes? All right, I'll do a quick analysis. Uh, I, I saw a photo of the stands. It looked like it's a friends and family only situation wherever this game's being played. Detroit. Um, yeah, Detroit. Well, lovely Detroit. I hear Detroit's lovely in late December. <laughs> uh, all right, coming up next, Jeff Schwartz and I wrapping up hour number two here on the Dan Patrick Show.